Come on, Steve. We've got D in the carpet. Failure is not an option. It's a problem of motivation, all right? Boy's got a mouth like a cannon, always shooting it off. Yeah, something like that. It's the good stuff. And here we go! Shake it back! <laughs> Does that feel good? Yeah, it rhymes. They're both verbs. Awesome. So listen to that. Welcome back to another episode of Strictly Outside the Lines, where we talk about all things that have to do with living outside the lines. That's a shocker. But at the end of the day, if you want to live a life that is strictly outside the lines, you have to be strictly outside the lines. And what that means is you have to be strictly outside the lines in everything. And all your expectations that you have for yourself and the expectations you have of others. And you have to be outside the lines of the expectations that society and culture has for you. That's what it means to be strictly outside the lines. And the interesting thing is it's not like it's some great concept that there are these major things that come up in life that those are the times when you have to be outside the lines. No, it's really the day-to-day interactions that you have, the day-to-day activities, the actions, the habits, and the steps that you take. That is where being strictly outside the lines, comes into play. You know, I was recently traveling. Um, I, I left on a Thursday night. I, I Well, I left on a Thursday night to go to Florida for a weekend summit uh, where I participate in, in learning as well as serving the Jewish community there. And I booked the flight for Thursday. I was supposed to leave the airport at 8 o'clock. That was officially our, our departure time. Uh, me being me, I get to the airport and I get there two hours before it's set to take off. So it's typically about an hour and a half before boarding. I like to give myself some extra room. I'd much rather sit there and be comfortable there than get there at the last minute. Well, turns out that my flight got delayed. It gets pushed off by about two hours. So now it's not scheduled to leave until 1045. And okay, you know what? This happens. It's happened before to me, but I'll handle it. I'll deal with it. To me, it's not a big deal because, you know, it's an opportunity to read. It's an opportunity to learn something, to listen to a podcast, read an audiobook. Well, I guess you can't read an audiobook, but listen to an audiobook, read a regular book, just to do something, walk around, stretch your legs. And then I get a notification that we had switched to a different terminal, that the plane that was going to be coming in was going to be going coming in at Terminal C instead of Terminal A where we were. So I hop on the Skylink, the little train that zips me across to the other terminal. I get there, and as I'm leaving the train, I get a notification that it's now at back at Terminal A. <laughs> like, okay, now at this point, people, I'm starting to notice and figure out who's already going to be on my flight because I'm starting to see the people getting on the train and getting off the train, the people who are sighing and crutching at this point. Um, And I said, you know what? Let me just go down to this gate at Terminal C to see what the story is. Maybe it is going to, in fact, come to Terminal C. Maybe it's not. And mind you, at this point, there's still an hour and a half until the plane even arrives. So I walked to the gate, couldn't find anybody. And as I'm walking back towards the Skylink to head back to Terminal A, I see a gentleman who's practically shouting at one of the airport workers who's trying to help him figure out where he's supposed to be. And this guy is shouting at him as if this is the man who's responsible for the plane being delayed and the notification being sent out that we're supposed to switch terminals. And he's ragging into him saying, 
I know I have a bad leg and I can't make it from here to there. And this is ridiculous. This is not why I booked my ticket. Poor guy. I mean, I feel for both of them. I feel for the guy who's got a bad leg. He's using one of those scooty things and he's got to get around. So he's got to go up and down. And I'm sure he's stressed out and I get it. But I'm looking at the gentleman who works for the airport. He showed up to work today to do his job. And here he is being shouted at and screamed at by somebody whose flight is delayed. Now, I, I, I mean, I can only imagine what this guy is going through. And I can only imagine that he probably deals with things like this on a regular basis. And I was on that same flight as a gentleman with a scooter. And I was delayed just as much as he was. Now, by the way, the story gets better. Because we get back to the gate, and I, I started up a nice conversation with this gentleman, you know, the one who was on the scooter, trying to kind of maybe ease him a little bit and, and make him feel a little better, hear, help him to feel validated and, and feel heard because it's frustrating. And I started a conversation with him. We get back to our gate, and we're sitting there, and then we find out that um, the plane's going to be delayed even further. And then eventually they get us onto a plane. So they get us onto the plane, and we're sitting down, and I get a notification. Plane's not leaving till one o'clock. I'm like, okay, this is interesting. But now, my, by the way, mind you, we're talking about one a.m. at this point, uh, and we're on the plane as it is. We're getting on the plane around tw- around midnight, and I, we get a notification: plane's not leaving till one a.m. I'm like, okay, this is interesting. Everybody's already upset, and I hear the flight attendants talking about this. And in fact, they're not going to be leaving until. 1 a.m. because they need to bring in a new flight crew because the other one went illegal. It means they spent too much time working on the job so they can no longer fly the plane and no longer staff it. So they have to bring in a whole new crew. So they load us onto the plane. And then about 20 minutes later, they get us off. And what was interesting, though, was the fact that the flight attendants were talking amongst themselves. And I'm overhearing all this. They're saying they don't know why the flight agents, the, the gate agents, or whomever it was that was in charge of this decision, decided to get everybody on the plane. The flight attendants know that by putting everybody on the plane and then getting everybody off the plane, either one or two things is going to happen. You're going to have to hold everybody there on the plane, or you're going to have to get them off. And they knew it would have been a bad decision, but that wasn't their decision to make. So now we're starting to see the the levels and the layers through which a person can be impacted. Here we are as passengers, upset, rightfully so, that our flight is now delayed By the time it all was said and done, it was six hours, okay? We are here, and we're upset, right? Because we want to get to our destination. So who do we take it out on? We take it out on the flight attendants. But the flight attendants aren't even the ones who made the decision. It was their supervisor. And who knows if it was even their supervisor? How many layers up does it go before it was somebody who had to make that decision? So something to think about is as we go through our day, When a decision is made, something happens that we do not like. And our initial interaction, our our initial response is to get upset, to get angry, to get mad, and to maybe say something not nice to somebody, to do something not nice. Who's to say that they're the one that caused it? And even if they are the one that caused it, and you know for a fact, how do you know what they're going through? Maybe they're experiencing a bad day. So for sure, when the next time you fly, Take that into account. If there's a delay or there's a cancellation, understand that, yes, your feelings are valid. You know, you're experiencing a delay. You're experiencing a cancellation, especially if you're like some of the people that I saw who were traveling with family and they were traveling with young kids. And 1 a.m., there's no food in the airport at that point. People are buying things from the vending machine. And it's hard and it's difficult. And I get that. But what makes it easier is to know that, first of all, there's other people in the same boat as you. 
and that the people that you want to take your anger out on, you want to take your frustration out on, aren't necessarily the ones who are in control. It's not their decision. So here I am sitting there at one o'clock in the morning waiting for them to board us back onto the plane. And I see these gate agents being shouted and screamed at by you know throng of people. So when it cleared out, I kind of went over to them. I said, listen, hey, you know, I just want you to know, I understand that this isn't your doing. And I'm sorry that you're going to be getting so much flack for it. I know it can't be easy. I appreciate what you're doing. I appreciate the fact that, you know, you have to deliver the bad news and, and deal with everybody's frustration. So I want you to know that there are people here who, who appreciate you. It's so simple. It's so easy to give a kind word to somebody, to share a, a supportive message to somebody, especially when nobody else is doing it. That's what it means to be strictly outside the lines. Find ways of adding value to other people. And with a simple hello, a simple message, a simple smile even, a word of encouragement, when most of the time all they're getting is garbage and negativity. But it doesn't stop there. Because today I was shopping at Sam's Club. I was shopping at Sam's Club. And over the weekend I had actually been speaking to some business partners of mine and one of the coaches, um, and I had expressed to him how I'm going through some shifts in life, as you guys have all heard. Um, and he, he gave me some advice, and it really kind of prompted a whole new level of me. And I want to share this with you because it's a great thing to do. He said, if you want to change your day, say hello. Say hello to 10 people. You don't have to have massive conversations with them. You don't have to have deep conversations with them. Just say hello to 10 people. If it goes into a hello, how are you today? Hello, I love your tie. Hey, that's a really nice shirt. Whatever it is, just say something to 10 people if you can. And you don't have to go out to networking events. And do. You're going shopping, do it while you're shopping. Say hello to 10 people while you're shopping. You're anyways living your life, do this. And, and what this does is it programs you to see people as positive people, to see people as in other individuals, human beings who want social interaction. So I started doing that. I made a point of every day, you know, running errands while I'm running errands to do my best to say hello to five to, 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 ten, to ten people. And so today I was at um, I was at Sam's Club, and there was a handful of people. I, I walk in the door, and immediately you're bombarded by the salesman for AT and T trying to get you to switch over to the plan. And like, I'm not interested in talking to them. I don't want to switch a plans. I'm perfectly happy with the plan that I have. But I know that the second I walk by them, they're going to come at me and try to get me to switch, and they're not going to take no for an answer because they're good salespeople. So I have a choice. I can either avoid them, or I could confront the beast, so to speak. And so that's what I did. I made a beeline to them, massive smile on my face. One of the guys gets out of his mouth, hey, sir, what provider do you use for your cell phone plan? I say, hey, you know, guys, listen, I just want you to know. Um, first of all, I'm very happy with the provider I have. But I want you guys to know, I appreciate you. You guys are out here hustling, grinding it out, doing the good work. Keep it up. And they appreciated it. They smiled. They loved it. We gave each other fist bumps. And then they walked off. I, you know, I went on with my day. Went on with my shopping. And throughout the time there, I, you know, I, I said hello to somebody. I actually scared a lady. I feel bad for her. I wanted to say hello. I wanted to start a conversation. And so I said something, but she didn't realize I was speaking to her. So she jumped. Anyway, the point is I started having conversation with these people. As I'm walking out of Sam's Club heading towards my car, you see a lady, an elderly lady, probably uh, 70s maybe. Um, so between her 70s and 80s years old, you know, a lady with white hair, gray hair, and she's loading her groceries into the back of her Corvette. Now, 
I had no idea that Corvettes had trunks. I thought it was just pure engine and seats. But this is a Corvette. It's 15-year-old Corvette, and she was loading her groceries into the back of her her trunk, the trunk of her Corvette. And I said, hey, it's a beautiful car. And she starts a conversation, and we start talking. I probably stood there for 10, 15 minutes just chatting with her about her Corvette. And she shared with me an interesting story. As we're talking about this Corvette, you know, we're talking about how beautiful it is, how, how you know, she's had it for 15 years. Um, she bought it when it was brand new. She's She drove it for the first two years. She, like, really took it for a spin. And then since then, it's kind of just been sitting in her garage. And, like, I was cringing inside. I mean, I'm not a car guy, but I, I know. Like, if you've got a Corvette, take it out. Have fun with it. But we were talking, and, and she was telling me how just the other day she actually wanted to go and buy the new one. I'm like, okay, so clearly this lady has money. And you wouldn't really be able to tell. She wasn't, you know, wearing Prada. She didn't have a Gucci bag or any of that stuff. Like, she this, she was very, you know, she was put together, very well-dressed, but nothing over the top. And we're talking, and she tells me that she, go, she went to one of the dealerships over here to purchase a new car, to buy one of the new Corvettes. And she walks in, and she's looking at them, and she notices a couple of the salespeople look at her and, then they go back to talking. They go back to doing whatever they were doing. And she said that she was there for 37 minutes. And nobody said anything to her. Nobody batted an eyelash at her. So she got so mad. She left. She went home. And she called up her sons and asked them, what color Tesla do you want? And what color Tesla do your wives want? And she apparently right then and there bought four Teslas, two regular ones and two SUVs for her two sons and daughters-in-law. Now, listen, whether this is a made-up story, which I don't, I don't, I don't believe it is. I think this lady was definitely telling me the truth from what she was saying and the the rest of the conversation that we had. It seemed very reasonable that this was a lady who would drop that amount of money um, on Teslas for people. But what struck me about it was what the salespeople missed out on. And I'm not talking about the dollar. I'm not talking about the sales. Obviously, that's an issue. That's a big deal. But the core of it is that they made a judgment call. They looked at her when she walked in the door and said, there's no way this old lady is going to be buying a car from us, so we're not going to give her the time of day. What you miss out on by doing that, by prejudging somebody, and it's not, again, it's not with the big things only, with selling a Corvette. It's even with the simple things of, being in Sam's Club and saying hello to somebody, being in a Walmart and saying hello to somebody, just giving somebody a simple hello, you're missing out on the potential of positively impacting their lives. Who's to say that that person isn't having a bad day and all they need is to know that there's somebody out there that recognizes them, that notices them and says hello. I saw a gentleman today in Sam's Club wearing this shirt that I would never wear because it was just not my colors. Let's put it that way. But as I'm walking by him, I say, hey, I love your shirt. Guy didn't speak English, but he understood what I was saying because I looked, I smiled, and I pulled on my shirt so he knew that I was talking to him about his shirt. Guy smiled. I see him a couple minutes later, he's still smiling. Saying hello to somebody, making sure you're not prejudging them, can have such a big impact on them, on their day, on their life. And you have no idea just how much of an impact. I don't know what this lady is going to end up doing. The fact of the matter is she now, she was happy to share her story. She was, she thanked me for listening to her and having a conversation with her for 15 minutes. 
in the meantime, I was the one who was standing there listening and learning. I mean, again, the fact that I came out of that with this with this thought process of, you know, don't prejudge people, especially if you're if you're in a business like that is the thing. If you are a business owner, don't prejudge the people who would potentially be your clients or not, because you never know. It is worth it to start a conversation and have a conversation with pretty much anybody and everybody that you can, because even if that person doesn't end up becoming a customer or a client, you don't know who they're going to lead you to. But you'll never get to that reward potentially down the line. If you don't open up and start a conversation and start a relationship with anybody and everybody, and nobody's saying that these relationships have to be lifelong lasting friendships and relationships. Maybe it is as simple as a, hey, maybe simple is as simple as a hello, but you never know who that person is and what they need in that moment and who they could potentially become. Now, I'm never going to see this lady again. Probably not. Not unless I run into her at Sam's Club again when she's driving one of her other fancy cars that she mentioned. Who knows? I, I Now, did a thought cross my mind that, you know, it'd be really great if she took my phone number and then showed up at my door with a brand new SUV? Sure. That would be amazing. Is it going to happen? No, it's not going to happen. And that's not why I'm having the conversation with her. I'm having the conversation with her because, first of all, it's a cool car. Second of all, she's a pleasant lady to have a conversation with. But because just me saying hello already impacted my life, and it can impact hers. So whoever you are, whatever you do, whatever your role is, whether you're a teacher, a parent, a rabbi, a pastor, a business owner, an employee, whatever it is, anytime you have an interaction, go into that interaction with the sole purpose of building a relationship. If you can add value in some way, add value. Don't go into that relationship with the intention of getting something from it. Because when we look at people as what can I get from them, we miss out on what they can give us. Because there's a difference between getting something from somebody and somebody giving you something. You know, I could have approached this lady with this attitude of getting something from her. But really what happened was she gave me so much. She gave me so much value. She gave me the confidence to continue to go out there and speak to people, say hello to people, comment on people's cars, comment on people's shoes. There's so much value waiting behind each individual. And you it's, it's yours to receive just by saying hello. You know, another thing with living strictly outside the lines, I mean, again, at the end of the day, it's, it's about doing things differently. Living outside the lines of society and the norms that have been placed upon us. But it doesn't mean doing things alone. It doesn't mean doing things on your own. I would actually argue that making up your own decisions and doing things entirely on your own is not actually living outside the lines. That is living with inside, inside the lines that you've now created for yourself because people will take something and they'll say, you know, because of this individual who treated me this way, I'm going to go and do the exact opposite of that person. But now you've essentially what you've done is you have allowed that person to create a new set of lines for you to follow. Because the reason why you're walking that path is not because you want to walk that path. It's because that person said or did something. And so now they're controlling you without you even being aware of them controlling you. And you have to be mindful of that. You have to be wary of that. And you have to be careful with that. Because living strictly outside the lines doesn't mean just doing the opposite of everybody. Sometimes doing living a life that is strictly outside the lines, approaching your day-to-day -day life, approaching your job, approaching your work, 
in a manner that is outside the lines is specifically by doing things the way some people do it or by doing it the way people do it. You know, an example for this is the idea that when you're looking to accomplish something, when you're looking to do something, you're looking to grow and improve in any area, as you should. One of the best things you can do is speak to people, listen to people who have similar viewpoints or differing viewpoints, but who have experience in whatever it is that you're trying to accomplish. So for example, you're trying to build a healthier marriage, finding somebody that's got a healthy marriage, finding somebody that maybe their marriage challenges you a little because you're uncomfortable with how good the relationship is, so to speak. Whether it's your finances, you know, speaking to somebody about financially about how they keep things together and the fact that they're talking about sticking to a strict budget. And well, if that makes you uncomfortable, maybe that's something to consider. But the point is to speak to people and to learn from them, especially those who have more experience than you do. Recently, I've been leaning heavily into the world of mental health, trauma, and suicide prevention. And so I've been reaching out to a number of individuals whom I have met or whom I've heard about or who I've stumbled upon and to kind of get their insight. Because, you know, in my opinion, there's a lot of stigma around the mental health world. And I think in our communities more so, in the Jewish community, Orthodox Jewish community more so than any other community. And this is something that I've, I've held to. I, I strongly believe this, and it's something that extremely it bothers me to my core. And that's why I'm heading down this route of trying to change the way we perceive mental health. So I've been reaching out to some individuals, and one of the first people I reached out to actually gave me very good insight. What they said was as follows. Yes, there is a stigma, but there's no more of a stigma in our community than there is in the outside world. And focusing on the stigma doesn't really help. What we need to focus on is the solution. Now, some people have made comments recently about how I spend too much time complaining about things as they are. So I want to make an effort, and I'm going to put this out there right now. I'm going to make an effort to start being more positive focused, more future focused, orienting myself towards doing good and creating the results. And this conversation with the gentleman really did help start to shift that for me because it's a valid point. The stigma may exist, but who cares? So what? What we need to do is we need to make mental health awareness more accessible to individuals. We need to do a better job of supporting those, helping people to be aware of the fact that there are others who are going through the struggles and challenges that they're going through and who are there to support them. Now, had I not reached out to this individual, who's to, you know, I, I never would have come up with this idea or I would never would have heard this idea. I didn't come up with it. I never would have heard this thought process. Now, I could have just gone on my day and gone on my life with this idea that there's a stigma and I could have gone after the powers that be and gone after the community members who, who are, you know, pushing this false narrative and, and saying that mental health is an issue and and we have to ignore it. We can't acknowledge that it happens. I heard, I heard recently on a podcast on this topic, there's pretty much not a single family that is not affected by some form of a mental health issue or suicide or an eating disorder or some other thing that is considered to be taboo that we cannot talk about. The, the, every single family has something, including divorce. There's always something. 
So we're all hiding, pretending like our lives are perfect, when in reality, they're not. And that's normal. Life is not meant to be perfect. Life is meant to be a struggle and a challenge, and we're meant to overcome those challenges. But the only way we can overcome those challenges is by acknowledging the fact that this is a challenge, making ourselves aware of it, and then seeking out solutions. But in order to do that, you have to be speaking with others who are going through it. And it's not just the experts. There's a very fine balance between having expert involvement, which is necessary, and then also having those who aren't experts that can just be there for you and with you. But the only way to figure out who those people are is by having those conversations. Having conversations with people who are like-minded. Having conversations with people you can learn from. Having conversations with people you disagree with. To understand why is that their opinion. Why? Where is this disagreement coming from? Why do they believe what they believe that they just said that they believe? Because maybe, just maybe, there is something that you can learn from them. There is something you can learn from their point of view. Or at the very least, you can understand where they're coming from now. Now, you may not agree with it. There are plenty of people in my life that I've met and I've worked for that I, don't, I do not agree with all their decisions. But I always seek to find out what is it that they're saying. Why do they say the things they say? Why do they do the things that they do? Because while it may not change what ends up happening, and I still may not agree with policies or procedures or that individual's approach, at the end of the day, at least I can respect them because I know that they're backing themselves up with their belief. And that's huge. And you need to learn how to respect people, regardless of whether you agree with them or not, simply because they're people. You've got to treat them right. But there's so much that we can learn from that. Because then when you can have empathy with, this, with somebody and you can share that conversation, it allows you to build a relationship. It allows you to start being influenced by them in a positive way. And maybe, just maybe, they'll start to be influenced by you in a positive way. So the only way that we're really going to be able to affect change in this world, the only way that we're going to be able to make a difference is by starting to have conversations, by starting to talk about living outside the lines, by starting to talk about the hard topics, whether that's suicide, whether that's mental health, whether that's emotional health, whether that's abuse, whether that's saying hello to somebody in the store, whatever it may be, it's not enough to just complain about the problem, but we have to find the solutions. And the way we do that is by having conversations. Welcome to the conversation. I'd say that was a pretty successful broadcast. If you enjoyed this episode, it would mean so much to me if you would let me know by hitting that follow button and the notification bell so that the next time I release an episode, you'll be notified and you'll be able to listen to it. Additionally, it would help me immensely if you could leave me a rating and, of course, write a review. I would love to hear back from you, from your feedback, whatever it may be. So please be sure to reach out either through my email, through any of my social media platforms, or by leaving a voice note. 